0: hi guys okay so um not gonna lie i think this is probably like the 15th time i'm trying to record today's tanya it's taking some time to get into this um my goal my attempt right now that i'm trying to do is is to give over the entire chapter 31 which is the tanya for shabbos um it is quite a long chapter so i bless you and myself to just rest into this process um i was also thinking about should i do it outside because it's too long and like i don't know but just the words are just ah, like it's just it's just worth it so i am I'm, I'm gonna do it inside um and yeah okay for some reason this is where i keep getting stuck and then going back and starting the recording again so i'm just gonna try to continue um okay what did we finish off chapter 30 with saying chapter 30 was essentially a chapter saying that pretty much you are doing the best you can in this moment and that the other guy is too and that partnering that with the fact that you're doing the best that you can in this moment does not mean that the way that you're showing up in this moment is the totality of who you are and the altar basically had us go deeper and start seeing ourselves through a lens where we're not only seeing ourselves as our struggles but we're seeing that our struggle is actually something that we have and not something that we are. And when I say struggle, what I mean is any experience that we're having of that I am something other than the breath and beauty of Hashem. I am something or my moment is something or this reality is something or my future is something or my past is something other than literally like the love of Hashem right now. And um basically the author was teaching us that your str- that the other guy's struggle is not them, but it is theirs, and our struggles are not us, but they are ours. And like, can we find that space inside of ourselves that can see see ourselves through that lens and see the other person through that lens too? Where we're we're not identifying ourselves with our animal soul, but it, we're realizing that it is something that I have, and that if I were to stop identifying with it, what I would become is this like connected, glorious looking at myself in the mirror and seeing the love of Hashem person. That's that's me. Any any moment that I'm not experiencing that is because I'm tapped into. A layer of reality that is not my essential self so instead of doing a whole introduction for chapter 31 i'm just going to go straight in because there's a lot of hebrew to unpack a lot of a lot of a lot of places to go here so i'm just going to go straight in and uh literally because like i this is a lot but for hashem so blessing myself and everybody listening to this to rest into this process um and rest into this journey and let's see where let's see where it takes us okay and behold, even if this person that now they're going to dwell deeply on all the matters that we've just been talking about, for an hour or two, even if this person that's now going to dwell on everything we just talked about, that in truth, what do we what are we just talk about essentially? That I often I am identifying with something that is external to me. That and that's sad. That's that's a lay nishbar experience of like, wait a second, like I'm literally experiencing my life through the lens of seeing myself as something that isn't even true to me. That and that suddenly your, your heart's going to get heavy. It's true that Atsavos is from the realm of Klippa and not from Kadusha because about Kadusha it says that. <coughs> With where Hashem is, there is joy and and strength. Hashem dwells where there is Halacha. But in regards to this atzvos, it's specifically for ramila deshmayah, and so it's from the it's from the taiv in the klipas in nayga. That usually, when we're engaging in kedusha things, we have to be coming at it with simcha because that's where Hashem is. There's simcha, and yet <clears throat> the Alter is teaching us here that the atzvos, the the experience of pain, essentially that we are that we have exper- that we're experiencing now in this lay of experience, is not actually working against us, and that not only is it not actually working against us, it is actually something that we need in order to do our in order to do our Avada. So what is what does this mean? Afal Pikain, <speaking> nevertheless. sitra <speaking> It is precisely this method, it is precisely this experience of Leib Nishbar that we need in order to um, bring down the Sitra Akra. the like our the Razal have says Mine uve iba lishdaya be narga upaga by That from the forest itself comes a handle for the axe, this is like the famous Moses song, saying that from the forest itself comes a handle for the axe, and that's what they are saying here. That in order to break the Sitra Akhara, which is the which is the gavura, we actually need um, something of its own kind, which is also gavura, which is coming from the Kli Pas place. So we're gonna come back to that in in, in like in the ne- in the next page, but for now let's just continue inside. I'm um, going to go back and forth for a second. And of this sadness, it is written that there will always be an advantage. In sadness, there will be a prophet. What is this prophet? And this prophet is the simcha that comes after the sadness. In truth, however, this state of being bitterness, of having bitterness of our souls. Why are we having the bitterness of our soul <vio> because i feel myself to be remote from hashem and that i'm enclosed message that is the bitterness of our souls that we're talking about here the alternative says it outright what is the bitterness of my soul that i feel like i am distant from hashem i feel like i am not manifesting myself as the truth of who i actually am but i feel like i'm enclosed in clothes instead i'm not experiencing myself clearly this kind of atzvahs, this kind of bitterness it's actually not called atzvas, which is interesting. The altar was until now has been calling it atzvas. And now the altar is saying it's not actually called atzvas. Why not? Because atzvas is when your heart is dull as a stone, and that there's no vitality in your heart. Nishbar, but the author says what this is called, this whole Lay Nishbar experience. Is, is is more meriras than atzvas? Why? That there is vitality in my heart that is being embittered and that is being broken, that my heart is alive and well in Jerusalem. That the it's interesting, like pain and longing are not bad <laughs> they're life force energies and the difference between altruism and Mirerus, the difference it's kind of like depression it's the difference this chat. this is where we're talking about the difference between like depression and bitterness people a lot of people know that from tanya that tanya is very clear that you're not meant to be depressed but you're meant to be have this experience of bitterness and that's altruism teaching us in this paragraph what the difference between those two things is that depression is when you're numb you're not moving your heart is not alive mariris which is this experience that we're talking about of looking in the mirror and saying. Ad I as Hashem. Like, how long are you gonna? How long am I gonna see myself as this sitra as this piece of otherness, as this person who is bound by the mistakes that I make, as this person who is bound by my experience of otherness from Hashem? How long am I not gonna see the life of Hashem flowing through me? Like that experience of bitterness of oh my gosh, I'm not seeing myself clearly. I'm not seeing myself as the glory of Hashem. That's an alive experience. It's my heart is is flowing. I feel. The energy flowing through my body, and that is, that's not Klipa, It's actually an experience of Kedusha. One of the most gorgeous paragraphs ever that out says that this experience of Miririris is coming from Gevura, and the Simcha is coming from the Chasad, and both Gevura and Chasad are included within my heart, that my heart can hold Gevura and Chasad at the same exact time you can feel two emotions at the same time, but it's not even really about being at, being at the same time. Here what Alter is saying is that we don't have like the experience of having the guvura emotion. Isn't the experience of our being broken. Like we don't have the experience of bitterness because there's something wrong with us. It is part of the story of our lives that we're going to at some point feel this guvura. How do we know if it's, the, if it's Kedusha when it's full, full of life and it, when it's an experience of life force energy, as opposed to contrition and like, constriction um okay there's so much oh i I literally okay (laughs) i'm noticing my own voice of otherness of that i wish that this tanya was all weak but i'm just gonna let that flow through me and this is ashkar practice so this is what it's meant to be right now so but this small blessing from that one paragraph for a second that like to put it on your wall that we have emotion, and that our emotion that we experience is not the product of anything other than our aliveness. And to notice that, yes, atzvos is the experience of death. Why? Because atzvos, depression, is when you're frozen, when you're numb. But the bitter, the experience of of pain and vulnerability and anger and alive energies, it reminds me of like Chana Hanavi. I've said this quite a few times, but... When she was davening to Hashem and she was in that amount of pain, she was saying, Hashem, I need this. I want this. I'm longing for this. She was; Her whole body was shaking to the extent that Eli HaKain came over to her and said, are you drunk? Like, you look like you're, you look like you're drunk. But we learn from her that when you're davening for something, when you're longing for something, when you're wishing that something was different than it is, that's not, that's not the enemy. The enemy is when the wish that something was different than it is freezes you. That suddenly you can't be alive in this moment because you're so focused on wishing it was different. That that's atzvas, that's depression, and that's that's klipa. That's not ms. Kedusha is when you're singing. We want Mashiach now, and you're alive with it. You're dancing with it. You're singing with it. When your desire for something to change is flowing through you instead of freezing you into a numb experience. So blessing us all to experience that at some point to notice that that to notice that truth. Okay. So we're saying that yes, it's true that we at some points are going to have this mererus experience. And one of the things that the Alderab is getting to here is why does Mererus work? Like why does it work to have that experience of bitterness? Not bitterness like blah, bitterness. It's bitterness like where I'm seeing that, oh my gosh, I'm not aligned with who I actually am. And the Alderab is basically saying here that why does that work? Because in truth you actually are the person underneath the bitterness which is why it's like we said it in two chapters ago that which is why when you have that moment of like hello stop stop being controlling over me it goes away because it was never actually real it's kind of like darkness that's just blocking the light the moment you turn on the lights the darkness is gone Sometimes you have to arouse this holy attribute of gevura in order to temper the dinim, the stern judgments. What are the stern judgments? (laughs) These stern judgments are the animal soul that are encompassing and dominating over me. <clears throat> to the extent that I'm identifying with them instead of with my soul, and these judgments cannot be sweetened other than through their source, which is the Gevura. The Gevura needs the Gevura. For this reason, the sages have said that one should always incite the good inclination to kind of be angry over the evil inclination. To be angry over the evil inclination. And we're noticing two things here. that The first thing that we're saying is that there has to be that kind of passionate response, toward the passionate response. When I'm in an experience of feeling so mighty sure that I am my animal soul's experience, I need, my, I need to respond to it with that same level of passion that it's experiencing. I need to respond to the givura with givura. And yet, the other thing that I've been saying here is that, yagyu's adam yitzir hatayv. That it's my godly soul responding in this way, not my animal soul. We've talked about this many times, but that the animal soul... When the animal soul gets mad at our animal souls, we end up in a rat race of... It's like we're just on a... Perpe- we we get nowhere. <laughs> but when our godly soul responds to our animal soul, that's when, that's when the growth happens. We're just noticing that the godly soul never makes us really feel like losers. The godly soul says... You are not being who you actually are. Not you are a loser for not being who you actually are. The fact that you feel like a loser is reflective of the fact that you're not experiencing yourself as you actually are. Like, that's the God of the Soul's perspective. Okay. When are we supposed to do this? So the Al-Turba, first thing the al says is, because the al says that you should be always doing this. So what does it mean always? Every time that you feel like you need to. And that was, I thought that was interesting. That the al basically giving us permission to know ourselves. In saying that, get to know yourself, like know, start to learn when you're identifying with your animal soul and get used to the avaida of when I'm starting to identify with the shadow instead of my light, noticing how I can actually come come to it and say, I see that you're a shadow. I see that you're a it's, 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 We do this in IFS therapy a lot of like this. It's this experience of like when a part shows up, being able to say, hi, I see that you're a part. I see that you're not the totality of who I am. And that, that process is, is we, we have to know it for ourselves. We have to get familiar with when I'm experiencing myself as my animal soul, or I'm experiencing myself as my godly soul. But then the altar continues, and he says, But the most appropriate time for this kind of anger of the divine soul towards the animal soul, where I'm passionately experiencing this experience of, you are not the totality of who I am, is, when ta- is at a time that I'm already feeling sad, either about what's going on in the world, about what's going on in my world, or just I just am feeling sad. This is the most appropriate time for to actually redirect this depression to instead be, do, to then do this master of accounts to do this of, to do to do this thing of my godly soul coming to my animal soul and saying you are not the totality of who I am, and to fulfill this thing of the, this godly soul coming to the animal soul and saying this that, that the almiyari is khulu. and from then and from that experience the depression will actually go away. So what's happening there, what the author was saying, is he's basically telling us that... I mean, there's so many things that you can see from this. Like, first of all, you don't have to punish yourself all the time. That's first of all. Like, there could be set times where you do this. But it's it's deep here what the author was saying. The author was basically saying that when you have an experience of feeling set sa- When you're in an experience of depression and an experience of sadness and wishing life was different than it is and feeling like you're a loser and feeling like you wish that things were different and you're just you're just feeling sad. The author was saying in those moments, make sure, and not only make sure, but those are the best moments to actually do the saveda of looking at that feeling in the face and saying, you are my animal soul talking. Hi, you are my animal soul talking. The fact that I'm feeling sad right now and that I'm wishing that reality was different than it is, is not the objective truth of reality. This experience that I'm having is not the only way of seeing things. There's a deeper picture here. And the way that I can, the way, like, we're almost using our sadness as the opportunity to teach ourselves that our sadness is not the totality of who we are. It's extremely powerful. <laughs> My therapist, she, she was really the one who helped me with this a lot. Like, every time that I would show up to her with a fear, she would say it again and again and again. Like, I would be like, this is actually true. Like, I actually am I'm afraid of this. And she would always say, Fear is fear, not prophecy. And it's almost like it's in the moments where we're having that fear or we're having that sadness, that that's the exact moments that the author was saying is the most opportune time for realizing and for getting familiar with doing this work of, wait a second, this fear is not taking up every inch of me, of my body and of reality. There's more here than just the fear. The fear is not, the fear, is fear, not prophecy. The fear is fear, not the total truth. The sadness is my animal soul talking, not the totality of who I am. And I can experience that through actually raising my divine soul in that moment and looking at it and saying, hi, you are not the fullness of who I am. And it's, it's, it's when we're experiencing the sadness that we're actually able to harness the power of our godly soul in that moment even more. Okay. And after that, we will arrive at a true joy, an even deeper joy. In order to comfort his heart in double measure, let him, in the wake of all of the above words of truth, tell himself the following. Okay, here we go. <laughs> now we're in this point of experiencing that we are experiencing the sadness, and now. Or are experiencing a sadness because we just are now we come to our sadness and we say you are not the totality of who I am to the extent of I'm actually looking at you and saying you are something external to me I'm, I'm, I'm identifying with something that isn't even me what is going on and I start feeling maybe even now sad about that because now I have this bitterness flowing through me this lay of nishbar of suddenly the way that I'm seeing myself until now is not the totality of who I am it's actually an even deeper lay of nishbar because really what lay of nishbar means is that my the the way from the way that I've been seeing myself until now suddenly is broken. There's there's room now for another perspective, but that's confusing. Our parts get worried sometimes, and our animal oh, we get a little worried because it's like, wait, if I'm not that, then who am I? If I'm not that person who has to be afraid, what's left of me? And so this is what we're going to now. That what the author is giving us meditation now, and he's saying that. And what the author is about to say, he's he, basically he's about to say that when you do that lay of Nishbar what's left of you is your actual self, that we're not having lev Nishbar to turn into people that we have never been before. This lev Nishbar experience of our godly soul coming to our animal soul and saying, you are not the totality of who I am, what it ends up doing is it ends up bringing us to our own home because now suddenly we become able to be the people that we always have been and the people that we actually are if we're not identifying with who we aren't. I don't know if that made any sense in English, but let's just read inside. Let let this person say in his own heart. Wait, it's a meditation. This is in quotation marks. MS. It's true. It's true. Indeed, without a doubt, I am far removed and utterly remote from God. And this is the English words of I am despicable and contemptible. (laughs) Um, Personally, I think that author was saying that's what the author is saying here what, what, why would the author be telling us to see ourselves as despicable what's going on it's, I think it's two things it's first of all the author is saying this is what the animal soul is convincing you of the author is the, the animal soul is convincing you that you are despicable and condemnable the, author, the animal soul is making you feel this way about yourself but also that there's a certain if you want to look at it in a more shot perspective there's a certain level of awfulness to the in feeling that I'm so removed from who I actually am, like I don't like that about myself. I, I don't want to be somebody that I'm not. I don't want to be removed from Hashem. I want to be who I actually am. And there's a certain level of like, ugh, Like I I don't like that, you know. And and it's true that I, I'm, right now I'm not seeing myself clearly. I'm not seeing myself as identifying with Hashem. Instead, I'm seeing myself in this despicable way, <laughs> or in this any of the other ways in which we see ourselves. But all this is true only of me, meaning the me that I'm identifying with right now, which is my animal soul that is inside of me and my body that I've been identifying with. Aval But nevertheless, There is inside of me a literal piece of Hashem. That is inside of even the Kal Shibakalim this is my divine soul and the spark of Hashem that is enclosed within it and yet it is in a state of Godless within me and if so so just noticing that I, we can just spend an hour just talking about what we just said but I think that I'm not going to spend an hour because I hope that if if you have been journeying through Tanya with this process Essentially, that paragraph said the exact thing that we've been trying to say this whole time, which is this ability to see ourselves, not for our animal soul, but to see ourselves for our godly soul inside of us. And it's true that I sometimes identify with my animal soul, but the fact that I identify with my animal soul does not mean that that's who I am. Who I am is my godly soul. And then the Qalter continues. If this is true, that who I actually am is my godly soul, and yet I've been identifying with my animal soul, then for as long as I'm identifying with my animal soul, my godly soul is in deep gallus within me, and I have rachmanus on it. Therefore, I will make it my entire aim and desire, to extricate it from this exile and to return it to her father's house, as it was in her youth. Before it was being enclosed in my body, and there it will be united with Hashem once again. Now too will it likewise be absorbed, and united with Him once again. When, when I concentrate all my aspirations on the entire mitzvahs in an effort to clothe therein all of my souls, ten faculties, especially fulfilling the mitzvah of prayer, when I literally cry to Hashem and I say, Hashem, release my divine soul from within this trap. <laughs> like, let me, let me, let my divine soul come home to you. Like, it doesn't feel good inside of this, not inside of this body, the, the body isn't the problem. It's our identification with the body that's the problem. Our body naturally feels very body-like. <laughs> but essentially, that that's not the issue. The issue is when we're identifying our body with something other than the temple of our souls. And happens to be that in Gullus, that's often what it feels like. It feels like the cage of our souls, not the temple of our souls. What we're saying here is that any moment that we're not experiencing our divine soul surging inside of us, it is it is in galos, inside of us. And we don't want that. Bukhina's teshuva masim taivim. This service of God is referred to as teshuvah umasim taivim. I, I love that, noticing that, that, that masim taivim. Like, the Rebbe always would say that, that one more good deed brings Mashiach, right? Because what is a masim taivim? Masim taivim is essentially when I'm seeing past the layer of this moment, and I'm seeing the truth of this moment. When I do a good deed for somebody else, I'm seeing... The depth of what this moment actually is. I'm not just seeing this as like another moment that I'm passing by when I hold the door open for somebody. I'm seeing myself as part of the process of all of reality, as part of the journey of all of creation. I'm not just an isolated being in an isolated moment. I'm one with the universe right now. And that person is one with the universe right now. So that's the Vasm Tanim. But we're going to talk about that actually more in chapter 32. I'm very excited about that. The good deeds which one does with the intention of returning my soul to the source and root of all worlds. This should be one life's one's lifelong aim in the service of God with great joy. It's the joy of the soul, leaving the body, the confines of how I usually see myself and returning to its father's house to suddenly I'm living in a state where I feel myself in the palace of the king. I feel myself as in Hashem's i I'm frolicking in Hashem's garden instead of living on the outskirts of the kingdom in some poor village. Like like I'm 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 in the i I'm in the journey. I'm in the joy. of that my entire life is engaged now in this Teshuva. Alright. Continuing on, VeEin Lachas Yifrat. If you followed this along this whole time, I'm just in awe, honestly. VeEin Lachas Simcha Gedela Ketzis Meagal Aslash Shivya. Hashem, literally, bring our yidden, your yidden, your children who are in Gaza just bring them home. Because literally, this is all Rabbi's words. There is no greater joy than returning from exile and captivity. Kimshal Ben Melech Shaya Beshivya Vatecha B'feis HaAsurim Hu Menuba Ba'Asheba. It's comparable to the joy of a prince who was taken captive, was subjected to the hard labor of turning the millstone in prison while covered in filth. What happens next? And then he suddenly goes free. Where does he go free to? El aviv To his father, the king. That's the joy that we're talking about. The, the same joy that we experience and that should be even before I turn off airplane mode on my phone and I post this on Spotify that all the people that are in all the and the precious people in, in in Gaza should literally be returning back to their families that same joy that we know that we would experience then the author saying that is the same joy that we would experience that that is the joy every single time I experience my divine soul inside of me it is literally a hostage returning home to its, to its home it's it's my divine soul is inside of me in this like cage in this it's, it's trapped and it's experiencing itself through the lens. It, I'm experiencing myself as this piece of otherness, as this broken person in a broken world. And my God this old like, hello, here I am, please come take me. <laughs> you know what, every single time I redeem my divine soul inside of me, I'm literally going home. And not only going home, I'm going from the depth of captivity to my father, the king. I'm going to the palace, like there's no greater joy. The aaf, and it's true. Dun, dun, dun. It's true that the body remains the body. <laughs> in the author's words, it remains abominable and loathsome. <laughs> and honestly, it's hard to hear that, but it's also, I don't know, I'm crazy for translating stuff like this, but I see it as validating because it's true that my body is going to constantly get in my way. <laughs> like, I'm going to. Constantly come back to this point where I don't actually see myself clearly. My body, it, the author calls it a serpent skin. I'm gonna constantly have layers of it's, serpent skin. Is is very interesting. On the one hand, it, that's freaky to think about, but it's also very beautiful because what is a serpent? What is a snake? A snake is covered in dead skin cells. That's literally what it is. It, and it sheds its skin and sheds its skin and sheds its skin again and again and again. That's what we are too. Our bodies and our and our lives have layers. And those layers aren't just going to suddenly go away. Like I was talking to somebody at the space last night and she was saying, this is a 16 year old girl, and we were talking about like the concept of like healing, that one day will be healed. She's like, she was saying, she's like, I don't like that word because there's not this one day that suddenly everything's going to change. Like it's a journey, it's a process. And that's to me, when I hear the be calling our body a serpent skin, to me, that's what I'm hearing, that the fact that I have layers and that I get through one layer and then there's another one and then I get through another one and then there's another one. That's not the enemy. That's the MS that Hashem is creating it to be. The fact that it's true that the joy of my divine soul coming through the layers is the ultimate joy is partnered with the fact that it sometimes will then come up against another layer. You know, and that's not the enemy. That's just the process. Why? Because my animal soul has not been completely transformed to kedusha and that's not the enemy and that's not the antagonist that is the process of this life that is the process of what our journey is about me call maka nevertheless <laughs> that my divine soul even in this journey of knowing that my animal soul will be present <laughs> and that i will constantly come up against another layer and another layer of wait, maybe this isn't true, wait, this is actually something you have to worry about, wait, this is something that's actually not good about you, wait, that mistake is actually something you have to feel annoyed about, wait, that person is actually somebody that's going to consistently trigger you and you can't get over it, like all these animal soul thoughts, those aren't going to stop happening. And yet, this is what the other was telling us, that even in that process of knowing that that's never going to stop happening, tikar naf shiay Let my divine soul be more precious in my own eyes. That I shouldn't choose... Even though my body will continue to throw at me body stuff, and by body stuff I don't mean physicality, I mean the experience of separateness from God, that I can just live my life through a lens of, um, okay, I go to work, I come home, I go to sleep, I wake up, I get triggered, I do this, I'm not okay unless this happens, I'm not good enough unless this happens, blah, 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 all these different things. Tikar nafshay be'enav means that I don't dismiss my body, but I also don't give my body all the credit. I don't give my the experience of separateness all of the credit. I I see my divine soul as more precious and I constantly 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 try to come back home to her. I try to reveal her as much as I possibly can. Not to the ex, not to the ex, uh, uh, what's that word? The extinction, I, I forget the word. Not to the exclusion of saying that I don't also have my animal soul inside of me, but it's I I'm experiencing both but I'm not giving my body more credit than I'm giving my divine soul. I'm giving my divine soul more credit than I'm giving my body. You know, That to the extent that when I say, who who am I? I don't say I'm somebody without an animal soul, but I don't say that I am my animal soul. I say that I am a divine soul with an animal soul. That's how I see myself. Tikar nafshe be'enav means that when I when I journal every day and when I in every day, and when I write, look in the mirror and I do this and I meditate on who I am and I try to get familiar with and I do this, I, I journey through this work of healing, my goal is to get to a point where I'm seeing myself as Hashem sees me. And how does Hashem sees me? As a divine soul with an animal soul, as a being of light, a beautiful, glorious, infinitely special person who also has the challenge of sometimes not seeing myself that way. That's that's the truth. That's Tikar okay. Nafsheh Okay, ready for the best part of this chapter? Woo-hoo, we're here. I did not think I'd get this far. Literally, guys, when I started recording this, I rec- I pr- I've tried recording this like 15 times. But we're, we're finally here. Okay. This whole process of of realizing that, yes, I have an animal soul, but the animal soul is not me. And I see my godly soul as more precious, meaning I see that as my identity. All of this is an expression. Well, all of this can be seen through what happened by Yetzias Mitzrayim. What happened by ba Mitzrayim? That the people ran away. At first glance, this seems strange. This is confusing. Why did they need to run away? <laughs> Pare had literally just seen the most open hand of God revealed. He was literally so aware that the Yidin could kill him in a second if they wanted to. He, like, he was done. He, he was ready to send them. And yet they still had to run away. If they told Pare, Pare we want to take our time leaving, we want to leave forever, blah, blah, all this stuff, he would have said, no problem, do whatever you want. But that's not what happened. Instead, they they ran away from its rhyme. And, and why? What what was it about? And the author is teaching us here that it was not because of Pare, but it was actually because of themselves. Ella... Why did they have to run away? Because the ra, the experience of their animal soul, the experience of the fragmentation of I don't actually know who I actually am. I'm not fully sure. I, there's parts of me that still see myself as fragmented from Hashem. Was still live. Uh, was still alive in the left part of their of their heart in their animal soul. Because this impurity, the, the experience of Ra, did not fully cease until Matantara. So what was going on by by, by Yitzhah Mitzrayim? Look at Yitzhah Mitzrayim when we say, wow, the Yidin, the Yidin left Mitzrayim. What was actually going on? The experience of the Yidin and Mitzrayim, why did they stay in Mitzrayim for so long? When Misha came to them and Misha said, Yidin, it's time to leave. It, we we got to go. It's time to go be free, to serve Hashem instead of serving Pari Like, let's go. What did they say to him? Maesha, you're making our life harder. Stop. Go away, right? They were vict- they were experiencing themselves as slaves. They were so in so much pain, essentially, that they couldn't even see a possibility where they would be something other than slaves. And then what happens? Suddenly, for a moment in time, they had this moment of suddenly, wait a second. Maybe I'm not a slave. Maybe I'm a divine freaking soul. Like maybe I am. A glorious piece of Hashem. Maybe it's true that Hashem wants to take me out of Mitzrayim. Maybe it's true that I could live the most abundant, glorious, beautiful life. Like maybe that's true. But in that moment, it wasn't the only truth. In that moment, their divine soul was redeemed inside of them. And they were able to use that to leave Mitzrayim. But it, it, they still had their animal soul inside of them. And the reason why this is such an awesome thing to notice is because we look at Yitzhak Mitzrayim and we look at it as if it's the most awesome story of, of redemption. We talk about it every year as if like Yatiyas Mitzrayim is this like climactic experience. Like, yeah, like, Yatiyas Mitzrayim was the ultimate redemption. And yet, the author was teaching us what actually happened by Yatiyas Mitzrayim. Their animal soul still was there. Their animal soul still was fully... <laughs> flowing inside of them, telling them all of these things about how they actually need to be slaves and they actually are otherness than Hashem and Hashem doesn't even actually care about them and Meishah is just lying and all all these otherness thoughts. And the moment of Yetzirah Petzrayim was not the moment where they killed their animal soul. The moment of Yetzirah Petzrayim was the moment where they said, Tikar I am... Identifying right now as my divine soul instead of my animal soul. It was a moment of my of their godly soul rising above their animal soul, not their animal soul disappearing. And we look at that story as the ultimate story of redemption. And I just wonder, dun 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 dun, and this is literally the theme of this chapter, if it's the same for us too. Can I see the process of my life, not in a way of like that? I'm waiting for this one moment where. All of my struggles go away and then I'll be healed. (laughs) But can I see every moment of my life as another opportunity to have Yutiyas Mitzrayim? And Yutiyas Mitzrayim meaning to experience the most awesome redemption. And that that awesome redemption does not mean that I no longer have struggle. It means that even when I do have struggle, I still can experience my divine soul. It it means that Tikhar Navshay that... I don't even have words too much. I like, just kind of lost my train of thought. But basically, the redemption doesn't happen when we stop like, having an animal soul. The redemption happens when even when we have an animal soul, we can experience it through the lens of our divine soul. And it's, it's moments by moments experiences, you know? It's Benarini. It's, ba- it's life of a it's not It's not this one moment that we're looking for someplace in the future. It's the constant avoda of tapping into my divine soul in this moment and in this moment and this moment and that's the miracle like that's the that's the Yitzhi 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 Mitzrayim that we talk about every year that's the redemption that we're looking for like it's crazy like we don't we don't have to be pitied for having animal souls the animal soul is not the the enemy the animal soul is not the antagonist and it's not you know and the reason why is because it's not the exception to the unity of hashem like einamavade is true and when i can notice that and see that my experience of my life that i'm having right now including my experience of separateness from Hashem, is not the enemy. And yet at the same time, the way to have redemption in this moment is to see that this is not the fullness of who I am, this is mine, not me. Suddenly I'm in redemption. And not because I cancelled an entire part of me, but because I'm seeing every part of me clearly. Their aim and desire was, in contrast to killing the animal soul, was that their divine soul leave the exile of the sitzur achra? Um, to leave the impurity of Egypt and to cleave to Hashem. These are just quotes. Hashem um, is my strength, my fortress, my refuge, my high tower, my refuge. He is my escape. That I'm I'm choosing to es- escape from the slave, from identifying with being a slave, to identifying with being a free man who's serving Hashem, but not because. I am leaving behind the parts of me that say you're a slave. I'm taking them with me, but I'm identifying with the parts of me that say, with the self in me that says, this isn't the fullness of who you are. And so too in the future, and and therefore in the future. Now this is very interesting. I thought I was going to say now. This is in contrast. The UTSB time is in contrast what will happen in the future when Mashiach comes, where we will not need to run away. Why? Because the actual animal soul will be transformed to Kedusha. And I just want us to notice something, that there's a shift in the world right now. By not... There's a lot, whatever. But basically, the Rebbe says clearly, Mashiach is here, open your eyes. This thing that the Altar is saying right now of... That one day there will be a com- well, there will become a time where our a- where our, we won't have to run away because our animal souls will actually be able to be transformed. Personally, I believe that that's happening now. I think that the Rebbe doesn't lie, and the rabbis, if the Rebbe says Mashiach is here, Mashiach is here. Do I know exactly what that means? No, but I do believe that there is a certain difference of what it means to be a now and what it means what it meant to be a then. Where in a then it was a lot of running, it was a lot of. Leaving parts of me behind to get to to get to a, place, a different place. Yitziyos yes, Mitzrayim meant running away from Mitzrayim. We're in a bit of a different avaydah now, where we, our animal souls, are actually ready to learn and to be transformed, as opposed to just be ignored. And that's wildly awesome. At the same time, just noticing that if you hear me say that, and then you start, and then you have a voice that says oh, but I'm not I'm not able to do that, so stress, ah, I don't know, then that's galas. Like, from a voice of gu'ula, my godly soul can hold the truth of, we are in a state of gu'ula, my animal soul can be transformed to experience the light of Hashem too, and also, that's not always so easy, and also, that might take some time. Also, la'at, la'at, I'm going to get there. So we're able to the Godly soul can hold both truths. That it's true that we are in guula and it's also true that it's not always easy to access guula Both are true at the same time. So we're just noticing that. That yeah okay. No, yeah, looking at teshuva zut but yeah okay. I <laughs> yeah because yeah okay. Oh, we'll talk about that more in a different time because there's there's just so much there because we're not we're not denying the UTS Mitzrayim thing the author is saying like it's true now too that there's going to be moments where we have to kind of leave like say like our animal soul is experiencing this and yet I'm I'm going to experience myself from a divine soul instead of my animal soul because this is what this is I'm, I'm redeeming my my godly soul and yet that isn't the opposite of my animal soul also slowly learning that it too has a home inside of my godly soul like it happens at the same time. It's and the fact that my animal soul is actually able to learn this is the product of Mashiach being here. Like, I don't. It's when people talk about like Mashiach coming, it's just like, guys, like, what are we talking about Mashiach coming if not for doing this exact avodah that to come to a point where the parts of me that have always seen myself as separate from Hashem are actually starting to realize that they too are one with Hashem. Like, that is Mashiach. Hashem, Hashem revealed in all spaces, in all places. Like, that's what we're talking about. And, like, I do believe that that's happening more in this generation than ever before. That's why every age is doing this at the same time. The 16-year-olds, the 15-year-olds, the 80-year-olds, the the 28-year-olds, the married, the not married, the kids. Like, we're all in this global revolution of, like, finally seeing ourselves. What's the whole thing about mental health? Mental health is so important. What are we saying? Mental health, what is mental health? Mental health is the ability to see ourselves through the lens of of goodness, instead of through the lens of separateness and otherness and mental illness and all of these other things, we're 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 owning our light, and it's not only through dissociating from our animal soul, but it's we're actually our animal souls are learning too, and that's the result of Mashiach being here and nothing less. That being said, I know I keep repeating myself. That being said, the fact that that's the truth right now doesn't mean that it's easy to always access, and that's why. <laughs> like we have to be able to hold, <clears throat> excuse me, the balance of what the Alderab is teaching us about what the Bereni is, that it's a moment by moment Vaida and that our animal soul will not always be on board while also feeling this truth of, and yet also my animal soul is learning and it's, it's holding everything at the same time. And my animal soul has a hard time with that. My godly soul <clears throat> is totally okay with hearing all of these opposites at the same time and like um, being okay with that. Because my godly soul knows that it's not actually opposite. It's one Hashem and one one life. That's actually what we're going to say right now. This is, to to this is going to lead to teshuvah with greater joy and greater strength. My heart will be comforted with the knowledge. What knowledge? Because it's interesting. What the altar is saying right now is he's comforting us with the knowledge that our animal soul will not always be able to feel this. Because now we may be sad. Like, what? So, my Yetis Mitzrayim is just about running away from Mitzrayim? Yetis Mitzrayim, even when I have Yetis Mitzrayim, I'm still gonna have my animal soul. And, Alt, and, and then Althor said, when Mashiach comes, you, your animal soul will also be on board. And that's why learning Tanya in this era of Mashiach is a little bit different because we actually, our animal souls are able to learn now. So, it's interesting. But yet, this still applies because it's still hard for animal souls to learn. It's not like that's so simple. And how do we comfort ourselves when we start feeling this feeling of like, I just wish my animal soul knew all this too. I just wish that this wasn't so hard. I wish that I could just be, see myself as Hashem sees me instead of constantly being hijacked by my animal soul. I don't want to do this avida anymore. I don't want to be hijacked by my animal soul anymore. I want Yitzchak Mitzrayim to be, I don't want to barach. I don't want to run away from Mitzrayim. I want to, but live in the abundance of Hashem's light. And again, I you know I keep repeating myself, but parentheses, in this era of Mashiach, we are able to tap into that light more than ever before and actually to train our animal souls. And yet at the same time, it's not always going to be easy. How do we comfort ourselves in those moments that it's not easy? How do we get back to Simcha in those moments where it's harder to experience that? We say this, and again, it's a quote from Natharabba, certainly this is true. Ach, it, what is true that I'm not experiencing myself right now through the lens of the light of Hashem. I'm not seeing myself clearly. I'm experiencing myself through the lens of my animal soul. And yet, I did not create myself. Why did Hashem do this? Why did Hashem take this divine, beautiful, godly light that was encompassing all worlds and filling all worlds and enclose it in the serpent skin which is my body <laughs> which is the layers of me that are going to constantly tell me that I'm something other than that divine light and this um, this drop this is only for this descent must be for the sake of an ascent that this is not random. This is not the enemy. This is not the antagonist. The fact that I not always seeing myself clearly, the fact that my divine soul is in captivity within my serpent skin, within my layers that tell me that I'm something other than that divine soul is not random, is not the enemy, and it is actually, you read aliyah. what is the aliyah? That is to elevate. To Hashem, the entire animal soul and my entire body through my thought, speech, and action through engaging with Torah, which is the oneness of Hashem. We're going to talk about this more in uh, 33, 34, and 35. How literally this Aliyah is the purpose of all of creation. If this be so, there's only one thing left for me to do, and this will be my sole aim throughout my entire life. If this is true that the whole reason why my divine soul is even in my body, the whole reason why I am even it's like the, it's like all shifted the question. You get how amazing the of it is. He shifted the question from instead of why do I have to deal with my animal soul to why do I have to deal with my animal soul? <laughs> like instead of being so frustrated that I have this animal soul that I have to experience and I have this body that's constantly telling me I'm saying other than god, he's saying why do you have this animal soul? You want to know why? You read the Sarakh because it is through having that animal soul that you are accomplishing the purpose of all of creation. That's why. And then what, what is the natural result from understanding that? That, okay, Hashem, that's what's true. Okay, so then my entire aim throughout my entire life is going to be to engage with this avodah, to engage with this process of raising my divine soul through my animal soul and actually also teaching my animal soul. Then this is going to be my, my soul aim throughout my life. My entire life is going to be about searching for you, Hashem. To bind my thought and my speech with Hashem's thought and speech. This is literally through learning Torah and today mitzvahs. That is how I unify my body and my animal soul with Hashem, which is the Aliyah that happens from this Yerida. The Yerida is never the Yerida if it's actually only the Aliyah, which is just interesting to think about. And that's why Torah is described as the thing that restores the soul. What, is it, what does it mean restoring the soul? Meshivas, returning. That it's returning. Who I'm going home. Every time I learn Torah, every time I do a mitzvah, I'm not becoming somebody other than who I always have been, but have forgotten that I am. When I do Torah I'm literally going home from captivity to my family, to my father, the king. That it is written, Hashem's commandments, literally gladden the heart. This is simcha. We're coming home to ourselves. Ah, we did it. Ah, I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> it was, this was really hard. Um, it wasn't hard once I got into it, but it was very vulnerable for some reason to start this recording. But l'chaim levracha to seeing that the process of our lives and the journey of our lives, and even the yorida, the seemingly yorida of our lives, is not the enemy. And our godly soul can hold all this at the same time, that yes, it's hard, and yes, it's beautiful, and yes, just everything. And Mashiach now, ah, Hashem loves us all, literally. And... Hashem doesn't love us because, like, oh, poor you that I have to love. Hashem loves us because our DNA is love. Like, our DNA is that is the same love with which Hashem is creating the world right now. Like, we are we are divine. We are glorious. And to noticing that the experience of constantly tapping into that space and then forgetting and then tapping into it again and ta- forgetting and then tapping into, tapping into it again is not the enemy. Is not the antagonist. But it is the glory of who who we're meant to be and how we're meant to be, and we should be able to speak about our own journeys, of our own divine redemptions. You know, of our own tikar nafshay of seeing our divine soul as 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 precious inside of our eyes, meaning seeing our own preciousness. We should be able to speak about that with the same glory and greatness as we speak about Yutias Mitzrayim. That it's not just something that happened and okay, It's Yutias Mitzrayim. This is like the most epic experience of of a lifetime. We are literally writing history right now. And like Okay.